0: You are listening to Fed by Ravens with Matt and Adam.
1: Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Adam. Welcome to day 93 and 94 of reading through the Bible in a year and going through it via the oral tradition. We're just talking about everything we're reading, we are, uh, well, experts. (laughs) <laughs> you can, it's hard to become an expert in the word of God Because it's always doing its work And we're always learning So it's pretty great, we're glad you're with us And uh, as we start in Numbers yeah. Where are we today, Matt?
0: So our reading is Numbers 35-36 through 36 And new book, Deuteronomy, chapter 1 chapter
1: 2, verse 23. We are finishing our seventh book of the Bible today. Wow, good job. If you've hung out with us, you are excited too. Yeah. And whether this takes you one year to listen to or five, it is well worth it. And I just want to, uh, I was remembering yesterday, I said something about um, the glory of God being, you have to approach God, kind of like, I think I A reference to peanut allergy. Correct. And so today I was just thinking, here's how we need to understand everything. We all have peanut allergies, like deadly peanut allergies, and God is a giant peanut. Do you understand? Yes. Right. And so God is making a way to kill that allergy so that he can be with us. Yeah. I think it's helpful. Anyway. Anyways. (laughs) I like it. What's going on in the last two chapters of Numbers, Matt? So
0: Moses has been mapping out what the land is going to look like and who's going to get what when they enter in. And now he's he dealt with uh, the 12 tribes, and now he's dealing with the Levites and basically spelling out a special, like this is what they're going to get when they enter the land.
1: And he's doing this all under the reality that he's not going in. Correct. He's going to die. Correct. And uh, so cities for the Levites. And again... He is making sure that the Levites, who do not have an inheritance or possession of their own, are being taken care of by each tribe. Yes. According to their bigness or their smallness, uh-huh. they're providing land for them to live, uh, places for their cattle and their their livestock to graze, and that they are taken care of because they are taken care of, and their inheritance is to care for the tabernacle.
0: The, the tabernacle and God's people. God's so, people, right. The way it's set up is there was going to be cities in each tribe allotment, mm-hmm. and so Levites would there would be a portion of the Levites uh, portioned out to each tribe, and they would minister to each tribe in the land, which is really cool. So the Levites are scattered throughout the entire land, and they there's even Levites assigned to uh, Reuben, Gad, and the half tribe of Manasseh on the east side of the Jordan because God cares about them too, even though they're not entering into Canaan. He still has Levites uh, and cities planned out for those three tribes as well, which is really cool.
1: As long as they keep their vow to fight for Israel on the other side of the Jordan. But what happens if they break that? I don't know. Are the Levites just kind of stuck in that sense? I don't know. I don't know either. We shouldn't... I don't even want to imagine such things. Right. But uh, I did what... I really um, gravitated towards today was just the idea that there's going to be, was it ends, up, it ends up being 42 kind yes. of settlements. 42
0: settlements spread out throughout the, the entire the tribes. 12
1: tribes. Yep. And s- what was it? Six were for refuge. Six were called cities of refuge. And it goes into detail about, um, I mean, it goes into great detail uh, about what what the difference is between manslaughter and straight-up murder.
0: Yeah, so a city of refuge, there were six of them. There were three on the west side of the Jordan and three on the east side. Uh, And the idea was if someone accidentally killed someone without any uh, forethought or intent, it was an accident, um, they could flee to the nearest city of refuge, which for some people would be miles and miles away, Several days' journey away, but you can run and flee to the city and, uh, like, be safe because right. the person you killed, their family has every right to come after you and seek vengeance.
1: Right, it's called the Avenger. The, the Avenger there is an about. Avenger, Holy Avenger, who wants uh, some judgment and some justice. Mm-hmm. And so, it's not even the conversation isn't like, oh. You know, just forgive somebody for killing. It's like okay, the natural response is going to be uh, uh, blood for blood. Mm-hmm. And so God, in His love for His people, this yeah. is this time around. It's recognizing God's love for His people that He's setting up all these rules very clearly mm-hmm. because they will, in this in in the wilderness and in the promised land, but especially when you go into Canaan, you got to set up all these places because. Crazy stuff happens in a fallen world. There's going to be intentional murder and unintentional. And so if you straight up murder, then you will be judged, but you have to have like a lot of the basis for our legal system comes from the, the mm-hmm. scriptures. You got to have at least two witnesses. Yeah. And they have to and then uh, already the system for judges has been set up with uh, at the beginning of this time of in the wilderness with Moses and Jethro mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and so only really big cases go to the supreme court which right. would be Moses. Right. And so uh, local tribal leaders and the local people with witnesses will make judgments. But yeah, if it's accidental, run to that city of refuge. And then when you're there, you're protected from the avenger and you stay there until the high priest dies.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you had to prove the case had to be proven. Like, so the Levites and that would mediate for you with your town's local officials. Mm -hmm. And they would decide whether or not it was an accident. And if no one could prove that it was intentional, then it was declared an accident. And you lived in that city until the high priest died.
1: So two things. One is you take care of the Levites,
0: mm-hmm.
1: even though you're going to be tempted to go, what do these guys do? Right. Well, they're representing you before, before God. Yeah. And uh, and then second of all, the Levites are going to be taking care of all these refugees who yes. have accidentally... Like, think about the emotional trauma that these Levites... Cities, these six cities of refuge. You're gonna have to have people there who care for the emotional mm-hmm. baggage because you killed someone. That's traumatizing. But then you have to leave your hometown, right? And you're scared, and you're hope. You you don't know. You know when is the high priest gonna die? Mm-hmm. Um, so I connected two things. One, the Levites are caring for kind of the outcasts yeah. and the rejected and the sad which is interesting when you mm-hmm. think about church, like we at church, you attract people who need refuge. Right. And so it requires people mediating the love of God and representing you before God. And so, uh, you have that, but then I connected today, you wait for the priest to die because based on Jubilee, there's going to be a year when everything's set reset. Mm-hmm. And so the motivating factor here is when the high priest dies, you now go back and, uh, get the land of your inheritance. God gave land to your tribe. Mm -hmm. And so even though you've lost it through accidental, unintentional sins or intentional sins, that land is still yours because God gave it to you.
0: Yeah, and then also the idea that the death of the high priest atones for even your accidental Uh, murder. I didn't
1: even connect that. Yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. That's why, so when he dies, there's blood that's been shed for you. Yeah, yeah. Again, pointing to the high priest's nature of Christ, Mm -hmm. once and for all sacrifice for us. And then uh, the end of it is talking about murder. And uh, again, we always have the three characters that go throughout all of this. is God, his people, and the land, Mm -hmm. the earth. And God tells Moses straight up, like, we wipe out murder. Murder Mm -hmm. is not, murder pollutes the land. So when there's murder, there needs to be atonement Made for that. That is a crime against the image of God and and against the earth and against the earth. Like this is not an earth that is supposed to be harnessing or handling shed blood, murder. Right, and it goes back to even Cain and Abel. You know, because in Hebrews, you'll be like the blood of Abel cries out on the earth, Mm -hmm. and so the earth is weeping over all the shed blood that's uh, falling to its into its soil. Yeah, I know, and it's being polluted. Yeah. That is amazing. You know, we think about pollution all the time, polluting our rivers and our, but it's like our violence is a pollution to this paradise that we live in. And then to close numbers off, yeah, we
0: are the daughters of Zelafad. Zelafad, what a great name. Come back up. They're brought back up. Yep. Uh, so the clan of. Uh, Gilead. uh, In the tribe of Manasseh. In the tribe of Manasseh are, are concerned that they're like, well, okay, so if the daughters inherit and they marry outside of our clan, then when the year of Jubilee comes, the land won't have anywhere to return to and it'll be divorced from our our clan and our tribe. Right. And we want to make sure that our land stays within our tribe.
1: It's like uh, ancient gerrymandering. Do you know what gerrymandering Explain. is? Explain. So like what professional politicians do uh-huh. is they realize who likes them and then they repurpose districts. Mm-hmm. So we have a district... Uh, my brother in law works up in Tallahassee. Yes, there's like a district that reaches down like a sliver from Jacksonville all the way to Orlando, mm-hmm. and that's been gerrymandered by politicians to secure their votes.
0: Oh yeah, so yeah. it's not okay. even a
1: real district, right? right. And so, God is uh, protecting, and they're what they're recognizing is, hey, you know, if our daughters start meeting guys from Judah, mm-hmm. the tribe of Judah is now going to have like a section over here where yeah. Manasseh on the other side they're going to become powerful. And mm-hmm. what about our land? And mm-hmm. so Moses hears this and says, you know what? He said it before, like these girls, these 7 girls, girl—is it seven daughters—that uh, that happened earlier in numbers. They five. must be really five daughters. They're really reasonable and articulate, and because they present their case, yeah, and all the men are like, you know what? That's a good, good case. Yeah, and so Moses comes down with, um, I think, wisdom from the Lord, mm-hmm. and the Lord even tells him, "Here's how you're going to deal with this: marry within your own tribe." Yeah now you and, could say oh well that's and no all and the good looking guys are in reuben but it, it it says that they already did right
0: and so really they're just making sure like in future cer circ- cases right. where they're not as fortunate and it didn't play out in their favor as much already like what would be the ruling on this and so again it is just make keep it Within the clans, like, I gave this land to you for a reason. It's yours. It's a gift from God, and it's always yours.
1: And then it's a reasonable, like, okay, here's how it works. Yeah. Yeah, The tribe is the tribe. And so you got to marry within the tribe for the purposes of Mm -hmm. land. This is We're talking about earth and inheritance. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense to them. In our day, I think we'd kick against it more, and we do all the time. When uh, we fall in love with someone who's not a Christian, Mm -hmm. and we try our best to uh, get everything we want, which is... We want love, we want uh, the comfort of being with someone, but we also want the inheritance. Mm-hmm. And so we try to say, well, if they're not inheriting the whole earth through Jesus Christ, it just gets a little bit confusing and messy.
0: And then the cool thing, though, is it, he still says, like, let them marry whom they think is best, but yeah. it still just has to be within their own clan. Right. But like, it's really cool. Like, They still have, as inheritors of the land... The women, in this case, have the right to choose who they're going to right. be with, which is it's pretty
1: great. Yeah. So. God, and God commands all this through Moses, and to me, it tells us how much God cares about his people. He cares about um, all the little things, like things that seem small, like rules about Mm -hmm. the inheritance and come on, who cares? Let's just, but God cares because he wants us to not only love and trust him, but be able to love and trust our neighbors, which I just snuck in the summation, according to Christ and the apostle Paul of all the law. Yes. Just love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Right. Which leads us perfectly into Deuteronomy. 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 Uh-huh. But we should say and give our respects to the book of Numbers. Yeah. What a great book. Numbers is an amazing book. Uh, amazing. Just to follow. It's a, it's a pure history from almost a cinematic approach. Like right. there's a big camera following and and kind of keeping the dialogue going on the people and how they've grown and how they failed and how God has protected them. But then Deuteronomy is the second dude second giving of the law correct and um, but what we've noticed right right when I started reading it I realized oh this is more of instead of a big cinematic kind of thematic mm-hmm. following the facts and it's almost like a confessional with Moses like Moses right. is giving us it's a director's cut to the book of numbers correct like here's the and he's gonna go over all the laws again because love your neighbor is important. And yeah. the laws are, here's how we love each other, which is a new idea for me. I've always been kind of, what's the deal with the government? No, the laws, and we don't have to follow the law anymore. Well, laws help us love one another. Mm-hmm. And so you have a deep and abiding faith in God, and you also have laws on how to pass and deeply love your neighbor, mm-hmm. that these are for our good. And so faith in God, love of neighbor are kind of the, uh, the two main themes through Deuteronomy that jump out at us, and even in chapters 1 and 2.
0: Correct. And I was thinking, too, for those of you who, are after hearing three and eventually four accounts of Jesus' ministry, Nine. you might be thinking, well, where's the multiple accounts of the wilderness and wanting that? Oh, good, fine. And now we have uh, Deuteronomy, which will give us mm-hmm. yet
1: another take mm-hmm. on the wandering through the wilderness. It's so cool. You're right. We have Exodus... Leviticus is from the priestly side, mm-hmm. numbers which gives all of it, and yep. then Deuteronomy. It's like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I know. And, and it's had- all from different perspectives from the and this one feels very Moses. Yeah, it's just
0: Moses kind of being like
1: all it's right, his memoir at the end of his let life. Let me
0: just remind everyone. I have a brand new baby generation here and I'm going to leave them and I got to I just need to make sure they really know everything.
1: Oh, and you know what? In numbers it was like here is what God said to Moses. Mm-hmm. And Deuteronomy starts off, these are the words that Moses spoke to all Israel. Yeah. All beyond right. the Jordan in the wilderness. So he's saying now, um, do not fear, do not be dismayed like your fathers. We're going to go in there. The, and then there's one of my favorite verses in chapter one is uh, verse 30. Mm-hmm. I hope I didn't skip too much for you already, but I just have to get to it. And he says, Look, don't be in dread or fear of them. And we can take this out of context and spiritualize it and go, don't fear in your life, which is not a bad thing to do. But in the context, he's readdressing the next generation. Don't do what your fathers did and get scared to take this land. Why? And from Moses's perspective, he goes, the Lord your God who goes before you will himself fight for you, just as he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. And in the wilderness where you have seen how the Lord your God carried you as a man carries his son All the way that you went until you came to this place. In spite of this word, you did not believe in the Lord your God, who went before you in the way to seek you out a place to pitch your tents in fire by night and in the cloud by day to show you by what way you should go. I mean, just the image in chapter one of God carrying us like a man carries his son. Mm -hmm. Like you can be on his back, holding on to his shoulders or his neck. You could be, he could be cradling you. He could have you in a little papoose. I just love all the imagery and the fact that God's going to fight for you. Yeah. And he's carried you all this way. Now let that propel you into his good inheritance. Trust the word of the Lord. Remember. And this is what, see, this is Moses. It's much more um, human, right? Yeah. I like that.
0: Uh, One of the things that was hitting me as he's retelling the way, like all their travels and where they wandered and, what they were doing, all the nations around them, uh, two things hit me. Hmm. One, boom. God did not want them being comfortable in the wilderness. Oh, yeah. And so it's like good. thinking about Explain. how many times they m- had to move around and even just like get up where you're going to travel for three days and reset camp. And the idea was they had everything. God had provided everything for them, food, water, clothing, shelter,
1: but they warmth. murmured in their tents every time
0: right but thinking about why they could have easily built cities in the wilderness
1: yeah with, with everything
0: that god had given them right. with the with the materials with the sheep with the, like all the livestock food, with the food water like they could have easily made shelter. A, a booming city in the wilderness
1: as long as god's cloud hovered over right. and they had their fire and there. they
0: had it but god that was not their end goal And so God did not want them to become comfortable in the wilderness or begin to think, we could live here. This is good. And so he keeps them moving, keeps them going. Then the second thing that hit me was while they're moving and traveling and living and kind of thriving in the wilderness, they are being a gospel message to the nations around them, saying the real God, the living God, is with these people you either are going to be for them, or you're going to be against them. And he's giving them chances, 40 years, to figure out where they stand and what their view is for the people of God.
1: So the Amorites get to watch all this from the desert, the, the Amorite, Moabites, the Midianites, Edomites, yeah. and they could be like, these people have the God who takes care of everything, so they can live in an inhabitable, dangerous place, easy targets for all of us. Somehow they've They have a whole new generation, and they're Mm -hmm. bigger, and they're more blessed. And their response instead of, so they've had a chance, the gospel has been presented for 40 years, a generation, Mm -hmm. and then their response instead, though, is to curse and to go out with arms in violence. Yes. Well, the two things you said, one, they're both like complete sermons, um, so we don't have time to break them down, but the idea that God is having them move and disrupt their comfort is huge. Yes. Because we always, I'm always struggling with, man, Lord, we did it, we got here, and God's reminding us, yeah, this isn't your final home. Mm-hmm. Correct. I'm, I want you to always I want you to keep following me and live by the word of the God, live by the spirit of God, move, grow, keep going, because your final place is yet to come, and I've been preparing that for two thousand years. It's gonna be great. I have a promised land for you, so don't get too comfortable here. That's a message I don't really like. <laughs> yeah and i you, don't do the people no we murmur because it's like i just got comfortable here i just figured out how to do this and now i have to cha- It's but I'm, i use a kind of a fake voice for that but that's really my heart in a lot of places <laughs> yeah but then the testimony to the outside world that we are able to move and grow and what is crushing situations for everybody else mm-hmm. it's either going to be to judgment or to salvation i know Great. Good find Good find in Deuteronomy chapter 1. And then Moses goes on to talk about the penalty for uh, the rebellion of his people. Like, do not rebel. We encourage everyone to stick with it. Mm-hmm. And then chapter 32, that's where he breaks down the wilderness years, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I just kind of...
1: You jumped to it. That's great, though. Because those are the verses in chapter uh, 2 through 23 where you're like... You just want to zone out.
0: But really, it's God showing, like, remember Moab. Remember the Ammonites. Remember the Midianites. Remember all these people. They were from Abraham. They're from Lot. They're part of your family. So give them, leave them alone. Give them chances. Also, they've moved in and cleared out a ton of giants for you. And a lot of, like, like intimidating people. And I've been blessing them and giving them this land as well.
1: Yeah. They, well, that's what I, that's why I think it's kind of a director's cut. Mm -hmm. Moses is telling you now in chapter two, the conversations with God, where God went ahead and dealt with the Amorites. He's been dealing and prepping and doing all these things. He's completely intertwined in the affairs of the Mm -hmm. world for the good of his people. Yeah. And that's why all of our victories belong to God. So, uh, That surprised me because I was getting bored reading all this. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, oh, no, God is not just working in Israel. He's working everywhere everywhere and preparing the world for a sweet inheritance. Mm -hmm. And those people could convert. You know, they could bow to the God of the universe, but they refuse because, well, that's a whole nother. Who knows why? Because the, uh, the prince of this world is always battling with us. Correct. Wow, so I'm excited about Deuteronomy. Same. And uh, so far, so good. Just know that God is completely intertwined in the affairs of the world for your good. But don't ever settle down and think it's over until we are in paradise with Christ. Boom. Um. Now let's move to the sweetness of the gospel where things are again strangely intertwined and completely connected in the gospels to our uh, pentateuch, our four our four tellings of the wilderness travels and the establishment of the ceremonial and civil law.
0: Today we are in Luke chapter 9 verse 28 through chapter 10 verse 24.
1: It. Yeah, a lot going on, but it's so great. It's the third time we've are reading some of these accounts. Yeah, so this is the third time we are hitting the transfiguration. Oh man. Oh man. So <laughs> transfiguration. You have all the elements, the old testament elements now making uh even Ooh, more sense, a lot of sense than ever before. All right. Do you do you want to start with your things and then um Or should I just, I have some stuff to Uh, You have some stuff. Go for it. Well, uh, I'm just going to steal what you said. Yeah, it's always up on a mountain to pray. He's taking the leaders of the disciples, John, James, and Peter. And uh, this, in Luke's account, he's speaking to Elijah and Moses of his departure. Yes which is so cool because Moses is the leader of Exodus, their departure Mm -hmm. from Egypt, from slavery Mm -hmm. into freedom. And then Elijah departs in a whirlwind, right, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: from this earth, like helping people get out of, um, not slavery, but what were they, exile Mm -hmm. and all that. And now Jesus is talking with them because he's like the third movement in this beautiful play where he's going to deliver his people from slavery to sin, to a promised eternal life.
0: Yeah.
1: And while he's praying, apparently he's praying so long that Peter, John, and James fall asleep. I know. I, I always thought that. it was like some magical sleep, but yeah. now I'm realizing, oh no, it was probably like an hour or two of prayer. And those guys just got comfortable and fell asleep. It happens even here at our little church. Right. In fact, now uh, while I'm preaching, when people fall asleep, I don't take offense. I realize they're finally feeling and entering the rest of God. So let, let the little, let the little guys and gals sleep get some rest you're safe in the arms of Christ right now but when they wake up they see all the elements of God mm-hmm. who has clearly revealed himself from Exodus mm-hmm. all those same elements yeah there's the shining faces of the people of the three men who are close to God right yes they're, they're brightly shining Jesus is brightly shining yes he's in his full like there's the fullness of his divinity is starting to shine through. He's with dudes who have plainly been resurrected, right. and Peter does the thing that we just realized you can't do in the wilderness. He says, let's make tents and just live here
0: for the rest of our lives. On the
1: rest of our lives, let's make some tabernacles here because the glory of God has descended, mm-hmm. and he gets rebuked for that because, nope, we're going somewhere better than this. We're going to live by following the word of God, but then Peter, James, and John get The cloud descends upon, like they go up into the cloud. Yes. And they hear, they get to do the thing they read about Mm -hmm. and never imagined before they met Jesus. Even after they met Jesus, they would have never imagined they would be seeing the cloud they heard in oral tradition passed (laughs) down when they celebrated the Passover. Like they would never imagine we're going to be the guys who get to see this cloud that protects us from God. And that's where God is. Mm-hmm. And God then speaks to them uh-huh. and says very clearly, this is my son, my chosen one, my anointed Messiah. Listen to him. Like, this is your leader now. This is yeah. the guy who will save you. And so, uh, and then Peter, you know, that's he's already kind of been rebuked for wanting to set up camp there. Uh-huh. And, uh, and there Jesus says, hey, look, you guys don't go around telling everybody this right now. Right. They will get mad because they'll think I'm ripping off the story. They'll think I'm just orchestrating this. Yeah. And so, uh, be silent. And I don't know. Do you have anything else to say about the transfiguration? No. Not so great. good. Yeah. It's getting better every time. And
0: then, on coming down from the mountain, they again <laughs> run into a man who has a son who's possessed by an unclean spirit. Yeah. And the other disciples down at the, bo- at the foot of the mountain are unable to drive it out. And Jesus is like, oh, okay, all right, let me do it for you.
1: Well, it's similar to what we all do and what the people of even of Israel did in the wilderness. It's like Jesus just met with God. Mm-hmm. And the disciples ought to know this by now. And they come down and they still don't know the authority and the power they possess in Christ's name. Right. And so that's why he says, faithful and twisted generous How long am I to be with you and bear with you? Because it's, like, frustrating. Mm-hmm. Like, just walk with me into this stuff. But Jesus doesn't end there. He um, has compassion. You know what I mean? Like, Jesus can get a little bit angry and frustrated sometimes, but he always follows it with compassion. Yeah. Just like a parent. Well, it's also, like, law and gospel. Like, I told you not to run... With no shoes on, and mm-hmm. the kid busted his toe up. But then you yell at him, and then you swoop him up, and you tend to the toe. And so yeah. he heals the boy and gave him back his um, gave him back to his father. And again, all are astonished at the majesty of God. Mm-hmm. And I am starting to see um, how Jesus doing these miracles is spreading buzzing through all the mm-hmm. land, right? But then it shifts from, that's one way of advertising and preparing for the coming of the king. But now we see Jesus, um, well, he'll start to, by the end of us, he'll start to then send out announce people who then will announce his coming, mm-hmm. and then he comes. But right after this mountaintop experience, his authority over the demons, he does this thing that he does about three times in every gospel, which says, hey, I'm going to die. I just need you to know that.
0: Yeah. And I love Luke says, but they did not understand the saying, and it was concealed from them so that they might not perceive it. And they were afraid to ask him about this saying. Right. So they're like, cool, I don't want to know what you're talking about. Uh, anyways, let's figure out who's the greatest in
1: the kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it is pretty funny. Luke says, "Let the Jesus." Luke has Jesus saying, let these words sink into your ears.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: Jesus is a little bit... At kind of at that level of like, listen to me. Mm -hmm. I am going to die. Yeah. And they're like, okay. But let's figure out your kingdom. Yeah, we're all going to die. We get it. But in the meantime, your kingdom is going to be so rad. (laughs) Who's better, me, John, or James? Yeah. And uh, then he has to do the old, Jesus does the old child routine. Yes. And he says, look at this child. This is the greatest. Anyone who has a childlike faith who can just trust the father and going back to Moses, Mm -hmm. who can be carried... By God, through the wilderness. Yeah. So, like, you're great if you just climb on your father's back today and walk mm. through whatever toughness is in your life. Oh, man. Good connection. Yeah. I like that. Just, that's, you want to get through whatever is is plaguing you today, get in the father's arms. Yeah. Let the father carry you to the promised land. There, and you'll be great. Boom. Love uh, it. That, that's how we... And then John hears
0: this. He's like, cool, but we... Uh, We saw someone casting out demons in your name. He's not part of our group. And we told him to stop, right? Like, that was a good move, right?
1: John, what are you doing? I know. And it's like, don't stop him, for the one who's not against you is for you. And then you realize, with all the the order being given out by Moses, Mm -hmm. that there's a place for order and structure, and we like that. Right. But above all of that is handing out mercy and Mm -hmm. the gospel. So if Mm -hmm. someone is for us, handing out mercy in Jesus' name, do not... Stop them. Even though you may not like the order or you feel like they're out of place or whatever, just relax. Right. There'll be a lot of people who are against us. <laughs> you haven't heard that I'm going to die <laughs> and we're going to be mocked. And okay.
0: And then uh, then I love, so following this account is, okay, he's realizing it's time to move to Jerusalem, the time of his death and his departure is coming. And so they're up in Galilee. So the first thing they have to do is move through Samaria, because that's in between Galilee and uh, Jerusalem. And so they have to run through the Samaritan lands first. And uh, he sends out messengers. This is what you were talking about. Oh, but as Samaria,
1: a you, did you remember Samaria too? Is there's like extreme racism? Oh yeah, total. Because they've been mixed through all the exile mm-hmm. stuff. So the real Jews see them as half-breeds, is what they'd say, and they well, don't understand. Yeah, so the whole they're Bible.
0: they're basically the mixed of the northern tribes, the uh, northern
1: tribes with Assyria, with Assyria. Yes,
0: and so there's a lot of racism there. But Jesus has been merciful to them and has tried has been including them right in his message, and so he sends out messengers to be like. On his way through, on his march to Jerusalem, he's like letting the Samaritans know, hey, I am the Son of God. It's time for that to be known among you guys. And uh, the people did not receive him. And it says because his face was set towards Jerusalem, because he's probably on his way, and he's making very clear claims that, I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going to the temple for the Passover. Come with me. And the Samaritans have already built their own temple. Yeah. And they're going, No, we don't want to do that. So no. And so they reject him. And then James and John, who just saw Elijah in the flesh, and are kind of those stories are probably being coming back up to mind. Well,
1: you don't usually associate James and John with like reacting and saying harsh things. Usually that'd be Peter. Right. But in this story
0: Sons of Thunder. They were called the Sons of Thunder. The the Sons
1: of Thunder say, Lord. Do you want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume them? So you have them saying, rebuking, you have John rebuking somebody who's healing mm-hmm. in, in God, in Christ's name. And then you have the very next scene, you have John and James also then say, hey, should we call down fire upon these guys? And yes. then Jesus. We just re-
0: saw Elijah and saw you in the uh, resurrect in the, your full form. So we can do it.
1: Like we need to take this by force. This yeah. is what a king does. You need to start to make if people. They're submit. rejecting
0: your claim to the throne. Let's. Right
1: burn them. And then Jesus has to, again, turn and rebuke them. Yeah. And that's all he says. Like, shut up, you guys.
0: You don't know what I'm doing here. Yeah, I'm doing you something different. St- you
1: still don't get it. You're smart enough to be with me. Let's just keep it at that for now.
0: Yeah. And so I never have placed this. So Luke places this I line know. here on his way to Jerusalem. I know. Um, Which is the cost of following Jesus, which I don't know if in the other ones it was placed here. But He's on his way to his death.
1: And, and I will note, it's not necessarily chronological for Luke, but not it is thematic. It's thematic. Like, get these themes, and they're looking back going, man, they're putting together these themes that are very real. And so he's on his way. He's on his basically
0: victory march to the temple. To death. To death. and But resurrection. And people are coming up to him now saying, I want to follow you.
1: Yeah, I want to be a part of your movement.
0: And so... This is what hit me, was this is the actual normative deal for rabbis, is disciples would come to them and say, I want to follow you. The difference that in Jesus's ministry was he chose all of his followers.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. And in every account that we see someone who says, I want to follow you, Jesus, he rebukes them or discourages them. Yeah. Or tells them, go do something else. Like The uh, the other one that we just read was the guy who was possessed by all the demons. and says, I, I'm going to follow you now. Yeah. Jesus says, no. Uh, go tell everyone right. about me. And so in these three cases, you have three specific cases of people coming up saying, I want to follow you, Jesus. And Jesus says, you don't know what you're saying. You don't know what you're asking. And I'm on my way to die.
1: Because people all in this case, too, I feel like, they're perceiving an insurrectionist. Yes. A return to the glory days yeah. we're in. Yeah. And she's like, no, you don't know. So what's think going about on. when you're trying to start a business or anything mm-hmm. and people are like, I want to be a part of it. And you say, no. What kind of authority and confidence do you have to have to be able to say, no? Mm-hmm. I don't need a bunch of people to do this because it's not what you think. Right. And so then he drops the foxes have holes and birds of have, have the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Again, saying, I know you want to... It goes with the child thing. Mm-hmm. You want to be secure and on the right side of this because you perceive that I have a lot of power. Mm-hmm. But you don't know how I'm going to use my power. And then into another one, he says, follow me. and And then the guy goes, okay, cool. And let me first bury my father. And that, at least from all the stuff we've read, that really means let me take care of all my affairs mm-hmm. and live with my father until he dies and make sure I have all my affairs mm-hmm. in order. And Jesus says, let the... He says, no, um, let the dead bury the dead.
0: That's mm-hmm. <laughs> for you. Go and proclaim the gospel.
1: Yeah. He's like, how about you just go and proclaim the kingdom of God is here? Mm-hmm. And then um, what's the last one? He says, let no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God, which makes me think of what we're talking about in Israel, moving camp. Yeah. Like leave, leave it. But Maybe. we just got comfortable. Yeah. And Maybe. I thought you were going to be mm-hmm. God of us here. Yeah, well, I'm leaving now and you got to follow me to a new place. But that's really hard. Yep, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm cultivating. Yeah. I am a shepherd and I'm shepherding you into life and as long as we're still living in a violent world where Satan runs free, then you got to keep moving with me. We're actually on mission here. Right. We are taking things over, but not in the way you think.
0: Uh and then the final thing that I just want to hit on this is God chooses you,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like He makes
1: yeah. so, He does Ooh, all the yes. actions. Sorry, I almost interrupted that. Yeah, yeah.
0: He does all the work. He yeah. carries you. He chooses you. He's the one leading you. Climb on my back. He's the one who's doing everything. Right. He's doing all the work, and I think That's in point. our society and especially in american culture we want to take all the credit for oh i chose to follow jesus and jesus
1: like you don't even know what you're doing uh i chose you and we love to look back Mm -hmm. at the things we think we've done Mm -hmm. so he's like look in the kingdom of god it's looking forward but we don't know how to answer the questions of the future Mm -hmm. right i do that's why you're with me. And when you're with me, we look forward, we move, yes. we shape things up. That's yes. great. And so then he does what every great king does. And what Moses did, he starts to organize and he's a king. And so he sends out his guys to announce, but at this point he has 72. Mm-hmm. That's a nice church. Seventy-two sends 70- them two by two. Sends them two by two because everything's safer in two. And you need two people to be a witness. Mm -hmm. So if you send out two that say, hey, we saw this guy raise the dead. Mm -hmm. We've seen this guy, you know, feed thousands. So you got two witnesses to go out and he says, pray. Therefore, pray earnestly. You know, he tells them to pray. I know. That the Lord of harvest, to the Lord of the harvest, to send out laborers in the harvest. Go your way. I'm sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Another uncomfortable situation in the kingdom of God. Like, we're going out with this message knowing that everyone is already predisposed to not believe and think we're idiots. Yeah, and just want to devour us. And then he says, don't carry all the things you trust, like money, um, no knapsack, no sandals, and, uh, and greet no one on the road. And find a place. Go into a city, announce that Jesus the King is coming, and then find a place to live. And then he has this line about, eat and stay there, because you're a laborer. Mm -hmm. You're doing work. You're doing work. So announcing the kingdom of Christ is work that other people will provide for you, because Mm -hmm. they understand you're announcing the King's arrival.
0: And then if people reject you, if the town rejects you, oh man, this is where the judgment comes. And you wipe off the dust of the earth from your sandals because you don't even want the dust of that land to be clinging to you. And
1: and there's the earth part again. Mm -hmm. The polluted land, the land that's polluted with violence and the inability to see its king, its creator. Wipe it off. And it is always themes of it's either, when these guys come into a town or village, it's judgment or it's salvation. Mm -hmm.
0: And then he says... It'll be worse for the people who reject you than for, like, Sodom. uh, That's bad. Tyre and Sidon. Because he's like, if they had seen the works that were done in you, in Mm -hmm. these cities, they would have repented. Yeah. But you guys, you cities who are so hard-hearted, reject me.
1: It's going to be bad. And the children of Abraham are rejecting me. Yeah. You should know better. You should know better. So the 72 return, Mm -hmm. and they're full of joy, and they're like, Lord, they're so excited. I I like this whole Mm -hmm. scene. Lord, we saw demons are subject to us in your name. They always say in your name. You know, it's never anybody under Jesus isn't thinking it's them ever. Uh -uh. And so he says, uh, and then Jesus says this. It's one of my favorite passages uh, in the Gospels, I think. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. (laughs) Who knows what that means? But I take him at his (laughs) word. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions. So it's like victory over that old serpent, mm-hmm. the old bronze serpent, the old serpent of death, and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. So like when you're walking in God's purposes, he's protecting you. He's fight. This is the old, I'm fighting for you when you are following me. But nevertheless, here's the verse I love. Mm-hmm. Do not rejoice in this. So don't rejoice in all the provisions in the desert. Don't rejoice in all the miracles you see and all that. That stuff's great. But um, don't reject that you have this power in my name, or rejoice. But rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Mm -hmm. Number one, our names are written in heaven. Thank you, God. Thank you. That is super cool. Number two, rejoice in the fact that you have possession in the promised land like you there is a place marked out for you that Jesus Christ has put your name on it's it's your
0: eternal inheritance
1: inheritance and Christ is the only one who deserves that inheritance but in his name Mm -hmm. you your name is now written like I, I love that because I've been doing ministry for some time and I get I get hung up on wanting to see things work and see the power of God manifested. and uh, But even when I do, I quickly forget. Mm-hmm. But this always reminds me, whether things are going well or going poorly, you know what we rejoice about at the end of the day? Every Sunday we gather and we rejoice that by faith in Jesus Christ, our names are written in heaven. And if we look at the priestly stuff, they're carved on his heart. Mm-hmm. In, the, in the priestly garments, mm-hmm. the names of the tribes are written on the stones, a beautiful yes. stone. Like My name is written the power of God, and the intimacy of God, all in the face of Jesus Christ. Are you kidding me? I'm going to rejoice about that today. I think there's one more section we have to do, though. What? What He rejoices in the Father's will. He says, you've hidden these things from the wise, and you've revealed them to children. Again, he brings back the children, which is Mm -hmm. so strange. It goes to Moses, says... God carried you like a, a man carries his child. I know. I, I cannot believe how this book—it's so ancient and so beautiful—and mm-hmm. it just keeps giving. But he goes, all these things have been handed over to me by my father, and no one who knows, um, no one knows who the Son is except the Father, or who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses—this goes to your choice—to reveal Him. And then he says something you already said, which is, "Blessed are the eyes that see what you see." For I tell you that many prophets and kings desired to see what you see and did not see it, Mm. and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. So this is why John is the greatest Old Testament prophet. Mm -hmm. But we are greater than John because we have seen and we have heard of Jesus Christ's ministry, his death, and his resurrection.
0: Yeah, because I did think about that today, was that John didn't get get to see it. He died before it happened.
1: It's sad. And so that's why we're greater. We get to be greater, but Mm -hmm. who's greatest in the kingdom of Jesus' kingdom? Children. Children who are carried by their father. (laughs) Woo! That's what I'm naming this episode. So good. I don't even know how to end it. Yeah. All I know is Jesus, yeah, he's great. Be carried by your father today.
0: Moving on to Psalm chapter 40, verse 9 through 17, talking about proclaiming. The things that God has done for us. Yeah. I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. Behold, I have not restrained my lips as you know, O Lord. I have not hidden your deliverance within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. As for you, O Lord, will you not restrain your mercy from me? Let those be appalled because of their shame who say to me, aha, aha. But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say continually, great is the Lord. As for me, I am poor and needy, but the Lord takes thought for me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, oh my God.
1: Trust in the Lord, he's fighting for you today boom. You've just been fed by ravens. Tastes good, doesn't it? (laughs) Go in peace and serve the Lord. We'll talk to you next time.